Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is September 18th. Happy birthday to my sister. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I have to apologize. There was no podcast out yesterday. It just slipped my mind, honestly, among everything that I was doing. I just completely forgot to do a podcast. That is my fault and uh, my apologies. But here we are today. And we have Carlos Verdon, 6.2 innings, 3 innings, 6 earned runs, sorry, 6 hits, 0 walks in, 10 strikeouts, a golden goal. Yeah, he's back, guys. So, everything that you think about Carlos Verdon, just throw it away. 96.4 miles per hour on the fastball. This is the highest we've seen all year with Carlos Verdon's fastball. This is it. This is the guy that we signed up for. 10K, 0 walks. Like, that's all you need to see. I'm not even joking. It wasn't the 9 walks and 4Ks, uh, sorry, the 9Ks and 4 walks we saw in Fenway last week. This is it. Look at that. Okay. Uh, you have Sonny Gray against the White Sox doing good things. You have Fredenberg Valdez. The cutter returning is a wonderful thing. And we're all good there. Uh, it's wonderful to see a 16% sinkers. Thank you, Valdez. You went to the changeup too. Awesome. Jesus Lazardo did well against Atlanta. It is actually really funny. If you guys remember, um, Alex Fast and I had a wager that is starting on May 7th from, from, sorry, from May 9th. We did this on May 8th. From May 9th through the end of the year. Alex Fast and I on the OTC podcast said, look, Hazel Zazardo, I believed, is going to be under a 3.7 ERA and a 1.17 whip. He is right now at a 3.69 ERA and a 1.20 whip in that time. Boy, did we nail that. Uh, unfortunately, of course, Zazardo had those blips uh, really in, uh, in August. That was the... Uh, the 16 earned runs in three games. And otherwise, he's just been an absolute stud for your teams. And, of course, there was the six earned runs against the Brewers, which is weird. But really cool to see him go from at San Diego against the Rays, the Dodgers, and Atlanta. And in those four games, go just two earned runs. I think Jesus Lazardo is going to be vastly underrated uh, for next season. He's at 194 strikeouts, just so you guys know. A lot of guys also, I was checking, I think a lot of guys might, maybe 20 guys are going to go 200 strikeouts. It's kind of wild all of a sudden after no one did strikeouts, right? Hmm. Something is weird. Okay, Hunjin Ryu against the uh, Red Sox. 4.2 innings because he got singled out. Only 83 pitches. It does look like the Jays are being a little bit more careful with Hyunjin Ryu than we would like. But I understand coming off of Tommy John, they're just maybe not pushing him a little extra. But whatever. He gets a raise twice, and I'm still going to roll with that. Uh, this was interesting. Joe Boyle. Hey, you don't know who that is. I didn't. Um, made his MLB debut for the Athletics and opened for Ken Waltachuk. So this was against the Padres. Both of them did well. Uh, Joe Boyle, three innings, zero runs, one hit, two walks, four Ks, 58 pitches. I don't imagine to get stretched out here. He threw 100. He threw a 99.7 mile per hour four-seamer. Yeah, I know. Uh, he sat 98. I didn't love his other stuff. There was a cutter in there that was existed, you know, a kind of floaty slider in there. Um, I don't know how good to rate the uh, the four-seamer quite yet. Um, I can use PLV, fine, but just as far as my eye test goes, and there's 12 foul balls, and you guys, if you don't know how I feel about foul balls, is that foul balls take away 
from either swing strikes or balls in play. So when you see the first game and you don't have any sort of reference point of what they should be doing with it, then it's not that telling. And I see a 5 PLV for uh, for Joe Boyle's fastball, which isn't actually as exceptional as you want it to be. Uh, so mm, not as amazing as I want. It kind of probably, you know, I think that tells me a lot of the information that I have about, is this just like an overwhelming Brandon Woodruff Strider fastball at that velocity? Maybe not. It does get a decent amount of vertical break, though. 90th percentile uh, Y movement at 10.7. So maybe that is location focused. But I do want to mention Joe Boyle as someone that like, okay, fine. Maybe the athletics have something here. Maybe there is a secondary pitch over the offseason that makes that legit. I know prospect guys are like, yeah, we've been saying this. Like, I know, but we can only focus on so many things. And uh, I only really talk about prospects when they do arrive. I will also mention that in the offseason this year, we are going to be doing this really great article. I just talked to Matt Heckman this morning about prospect pitchers to really get ahead of it because I reflected on 2023 noticing that there are really only, I don't know, three guys that I was focused on when it came to prospects before the season started of, um, or at least at this time, this last year was just Cal Harrison, Brandon Fought, and Grayson Rodriguez. And we didn't really know who else we'd see and when. And I reached out to Matt Heckman to be like, look, let's get an article that actually reviews all the potential guys and just we have some understanding of them early in the preseason um, so that I can talk about this for my top 200 and I can talk about this for uh, for my top 300 as well. So really excited about that. And, uh, you know, so, so guys like Joe Boyle, to me, hopefully we just won't pop out of nowhere. At least we'll have a reference point for everybody for your fantasy leagues. Cam Waldachuk was after, he also for three frames, and his change of return for 68% strikes. He didn't do well. Um, he hung that pitch, and the Padres are sort of lefties, and uh, the sweeper wasn't that great and everything. I'm very curious to see how Waldy does in the offseason to develop that command a little bit more. And if he is a true three-pitch mix of four seamers upstairs and sweepers and change-ups down, think like peak Sean Manaya in that way. Um, which is very interesting. I think also better Sean Manaya fastball. So like uh, Ken Waldeschuk has a better fastball than than Manaya, I think, when he's cruising. Um, so just interesting stuff there with the athletics. I mean, this was very much just a year of potential for next year. Um, we have Ken, uh, Nick Martinez opening for San Diego. He went three innings, zero runs, one hit, zero walks, and five Ks. I mean, the guys should have. <laughs> Started more this year. Uh, Pedro Avila went after for three innings of zero runs. And why does he matter? Because he's the one who got the win. Just someone like, why doesn't he deserve the win, Nick Martinez? Anyway, if you went with Avila for this, good job. Congrats. You got that. Um, I don't really think he pitched so well. So this is more of a blame it on the athletics. Connor Selby opened for Andrew Jackson. We had so many openers yesterday. Um, who did 4.1 innings of two runs. And all right. I mean, it's fine, I guess, against the Yankees. Good job. You got a win. But I don't want to... I don't want to touch Andre Jackson. Uh, Jimmy Herget opened for Kenny Rosenberg, who got demolished over five innings for five and runs. He's a crafty lefty with a decent changeup. Didn't really have that good changeup, so there you go. He gets the Twins next. No thank you for me. Uh, Miguel Diaz opened for Joey Wentz, who had seven strikeouts. That's exactly why you started Wentz against the Angels as a strikeout play. Not really the best ratios. And he gets Oakland, and maybe there is some sneaky strikeout play there again for Wentz. But it was three and runs in 4.1 innings, and like I just don't. I don't really want to chase that. We have Shelby Miller opening for Ryan Yarbrough and Gavin Stone each. Uh, and Yarbrough got the win here. He went 4.1 innings while Gavin Stone went three. So Yarbrough was the one who benefited the most. That's nice. Gavin Stone went three innings, but it wasn't really anything special. It was fine, but no win or anything like that. And uh, Ryan Yarbrough, the fratty pirate, Yarbrough gets the Giants if he is that guy again later this week. And that might be some very, very sneaky stream 
um, to be had. You have Gavin Williams against the Rangers, and he did super well because his breaking balls had a 70% strike rate. And when Gavin Williams does that, good things can happen. Now, I wouldn't say that he was absurdly precise with them. It wasn't actually the full-on Blake Snell blueprint. A lot of it was just kind of hanging around the zone and all that kind of stuff. Not to mention the four-seamers one to two ticks down, uh, which is annoying to see. But I do imagine the knee injury scare that we had like two weeks ago probably still bothers him a little bit. And he's being a little careful about it. Um, but he came through against the Rangers, and that's really good. He gets Baltimore and the Tigers next. He still has the shag rug that is the lower floor because he's a rookie and we just don't know. You know, he has more volatility, of course. So be careful against Baltimore. He's going to be a probable start for me. But, yeah, we're doing it. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, ace is going to ace there. Uh, Patrick Corbin, four whiffs, 19% CSW, and he had one and run in six innings because the baseball gods like, whatever. Not to mention, the last 15 days, <laughs> the Brewers have been like an elite offense in ho- at home. So it's kind of funny to see that. And we have other guys, of course, to talk about. Dean Kramer, Zach Littell. Jose Quintana, Dylan Cease, Jordan Wicks, Charlie Morton, and many others. We're going to talk about all of that today's games and tomorrow's games after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Dean Kramer against the Rays. Five innings, one and run, two. It's two walks and five strikeouts. We'll take it. Wasn't the greatest cutter. It was a little bit too much glove side. and not really just down and in the zone as we normally see with it. But uh, this works, and we're happy with that. And he gets Cleveland next, and there you go. Uh, Zach Littell, oh man, why didn't they leave him in? I don't understand this. 4.2 innings, one and run, four zero walks, and three Ks. And they pulled him at 55 pitches. And Zach Littell got the first two batters out of the fifth. And they just say, yeah, we're good. I don't get it. He was he was throwing harder. He was a tick up and everything. I, I just, uh, I don't get it, and whatever. Okay, I'm not doing it with Zach Littell. Uh, Jose Quintana got the win against the Reds. 6.2 innings, 200 runs, 8 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. He got singled out a bit. A bit of a dusty donut because of that. And now we move on from Quintana. It has been a wonderful time streaming him for the most part. He was a fantastic pickup in the second half as you face him against terrible offenses. And he came through for you. And now he gets the Phillies twice. And I just can't encourage that. And maybe he does well in the first one. I still might not go for it in the second one. Nick Pavetta against the Jays came through 6.1 innings, 200 runs, 4 hits, 0 walks, and 6 Ks. 48% CSW on the heater is, whoa, okay. Arguably the gold star here over uh, Gavin Williams. 95-96 on that fastball. He got 9 whiffs on it. Command has been a lot better, honestly, in the last two months for him. And he had a moment maybe of losing that slider a bit, a little bit better here. And now against the White Sox, so Nick Pavetta, absolutely, we're starting him there. Sean Manaya against the... Rockies and cores. I love the fact that he's starting. I love the fact that he's doing the Blake Snell blueprint, four seamers up and those sliders and change-ups down. Those aren't necessarily being great. Uh, secondaries, three for 26 whiffs and 22% combined CSW on them. 
it doesn't really matter because he gets the Dodgers twice. So we're not doing it. But I do like seeing that Shamanai is this new pitcher. And I got to say, he's a very sneaky play for 2024, especially depending on where he goes and what his situation is there. I don't like him as like a top 40 arm. I'm just saying like that could be a Toby against, you know, weak teams throughout the year next year. Ryan Nelson against the Cubs, 3.1 innings of 200 runs and 75 pitches to do so. Ugh. I just, I wonder what he's going to look like in the offseason as he was developing a slider in the minors and then came back up. And yeah, the slide was two for 15 CSW with a sub 50% strike rate. Like, no, can't do it. Dylan Cease, give you the Bailey special. That is six innings, 300 runs, four hits, three walks, and five Ks. Very pedestrian, which is interesting. You know, like not your extremes of terrible or or great. Um, two for 35 slider whiffs is not it though. Like Dylan Cease, come on. That's not why you're here. <laughs> on our teams. I mean, it's up to you guys if you want to go with Dylan C's. We know that he's such a volatile guy. Dakota Hudson against the Phillies. Five innings of 300 runs, five hits, three walks, three Ks. I mean, he does a good job with those fastballs inside of right-handers. Like, that's how he does this. And then he has a slider that sometimes has a 25% swing strike rate. And this was actually, like, really good. But it was the Phillies. So, we, yeah, we don't. We just don't do it with Dakota Hudson, okay? Uh, Jordan Wicks, very disappointing against the Diamondbacks. 4.1 innings of 300 runs, four hits, four walks, and five Ks. He just... I, I, I like his approach, honestly, more so, I think, than another ones. While other starts, I've just seen him really clump the down-and-away arm-side approach. And this one was actually like, no, four-seamers were upstairs, and cutters were inside to right-handers, and sliders were um, down-and-away, and sinkers were inside to the left-handers, and curves were over the plate, and change-ups were generally down. Like, the general areas were all correct, but the precision wasn't, and he didn't step up when he needed to from to make good pitches to remove those walks. And that's why you have 97 pitches. It was a little bit too much out of the zone at times and getting behind batters and all that kind of stuff. So I like this a lot. And it's Rocky Road next. I'm very much going in for that still with Jordan Wicks. This is different than your typical bad outing or shag rug, right, for a uh, for a rookie pitcher with Jordan Wicks. Brandon Williamson, we're completely done, though. Um, now he's at a 91.8 miles per hour in the fastball. Like, all that 94 and all those gains that we saw just completely disrupted. It's two starts now, and he's going even the wrong direction, not even... Jumping up from the 92 and change. Now it's 91.8. We're not doing this. Change up was a little better, but no. Sorry, Brandon Williamson. Uh, Jordan Lyles, yeah, it's against the Astros. Honestly, six innings, four and runs, six hits, one walk, six cases. Better than expected, but no. Chris Flexen almost did well against the Giants and Coors, and we're not doing that. Tywin Walker, I just can't do it. Seven innings, five and runs against the Cardinals. 15% CSW on a splitter, 91.8 mile per hour sinkers. Like, Williamson, like, I can't do this. I just can't. Logan Gilbert against the Dodgers. Unfortunately, they have one over 36 fastball with six Ks, and slider's looking good. Now he gets two for Texas, and I'm still just like, I told you maybe to drop Gilbert last week, and yeah, this is why. We'll know later. It's a cherry bomb topic questionable against the, the Rangers. I just want that fastball back. Charlie Morton against the Marlins. He's a cherry bomb. I mean, he's a premium one because it's, it's you know, they, it's a, sorry, it's Atlanta, so for the win chance. And you generally have a good strikeout total. I called it in the, in the stream, the Dunkin' Donut pumpkin coffee frozen swirl or whatever that is like 140 grams of sugar because it's super sweet as a cherry bomb when it works, but it's just... Yeah, the ratios are going to be bad. He has a one, he has over a 140 whip right now. It's like a 360 or a, but yeah, that's why, you know, you know this. And Cody Bradford opened for Jonathan Hernandez. I mean, he went three innings each. Both of them did, I think. And it was just, no, you don't do that. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. And by the way, today for the list is going to be a full sit and start for the rest of the season. Okay. The list is no more like who I like, you know, this guy versus that guy. It is 100% just sit-start through the rest of the year. 
That's the best thing I can offer you right now is just general tiers of everybody per start. Because some guys, they end this week on Sunday. Some guys have two weeks. You want to be able to plan out as much as you can. It's just going to be essentially the streaming article that I'm going to talk about right now. But instead of two days, it's going to be 13 days because I'm going to start it on Tuesday. Cool. Awesome. So let's talk about today because I won't be doing that on the list today. Freddie Peralta, Justin Verlander, Brian Wu, and Joe Joe Ryan are at the top here. Why is Brian Wu above Joe Ryan? Because Wu gets the athletics and Joe Ryan gets the Reds. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, You have probable start here of Zach Wheeler against Atlanta. I know he had that bad one inning, but I'm still going to do it here um and as he gets as a redemption you have Lance Lynn against Detroit obviously Michael Walker against the Rocky Road yep Jerome Montgomery against Boston's on the road and Jerome Montgomery's kind of weird I get it but the last star was all these sinkers in play for for outs like no but he should have his change of incurable right okay cool and Cal Quantrill is my stream pick of the day against the Royals he's right there at 20 percent so I'm in for that because he throws four seamers inside all the time four seamers I should say sinkers and then cutters for strikes that works Mike Clevenger against the Nationals he's just done well against poor opponents so fine and Edward Cabrera against the Mets I'm going to go with I know the command wasn't good enough last time the really the control was limited a bit but I feel like if you have Edward Cabrera you're, you're going to do this one against the Mets um questionable start here is the other guy on the other side it's Jose Budo against the Marlins Marlins I'm a little bit hot lately not to mention I don't know how much I buy into what Budo is doing but he is throwing a little bit harder this could work uh John Means against the Astros, I didn't really love what I saw in his return from the Tommy from Tommy John surgery last time. And it's the Astros, you have Eduardo Rodriguez and Cutter Crawford here. Cutter Crawford is above Eduardo Rodriguez, but very close as he gets the Rangers, because I just don't fear them as much as Eduardo Rodriguez versus the Dodgers. JP Sears, Brady Singer, and Connor Phillips close out this questionable start here. Sears has an opportunity for success. We've seen it as he gets the Mariners. Brady Singer is a cherry bomb, and he gets the Guardians, and he has been really bad the last two games. He had that arm fatigue and then being a dad, and it's just not been locked in. And Connor Phillips, I still think, has that ceiling that we saw in the MLB debut, but it was really bad in the second start, so we just don't know what we're going to get against the Twins. And do not side Yohana Don against the White Sox, even though it's a decent matchup, matchup but just seeing Yohana Don's ceiling is just so meh and a low chance of hitting it. And you have Kyle Wright against the Phillies, and he didn't look good in his return from the IL, and it's the Phillies. And then you have Ty Block ugh, in cores, and Adam Wainwright trying to get his 200th win. Good luck, but yeah, you just don't start him, even though he's getting a weak opponent against the Brewers. I mean, you just you just don't do it. I hope he gets it, though. I kind of wish it's the last start of the year that he gets. It's just more drama stuff, movies, things. Okay, sorry. Luis Castillo, I don't want him at 201 wins. I want him at 200 wins. <laughs> Uh, Luis Castillo, Blake Snell, Zach Gallen, Spencer Strider are all auto starts because the races. Spencer Strider gets the fills while everyone else gets like the easiest matchup. So, yeah. And you say Kikuchi at the end of this and the auto starts here for tomorrow against the Yankees. That seems like a clear one. There's a debate in the chat about Ryan Pepio against the Detroit Tigers. Should he be auto start or not? I'm going to say he's probably start because he has the shag rug that is the rookie floor. Um, but I get it. If you have Pepio, you're going to start him here against the Tigers. So I get that. Kenta Maeda's splitters and sliders have looked good recently and it gets the Reds in Cincinnati. But then again, the Reds in Cincinnati, just the Reds in general just are not been good. So I'm okay with it. Logan Allen has been fine as a Toby and he gets the Royals. Okay. But they've actually crushed lefties last 15 days due to hit a performance, which is, that is our PLV stats saying based on the pitches you've saw, seen, how well did you perform? And the Royals have destroyed lefties. So uh, something to think about there. Maybe you don't want to do it. And Taj Bradley is the stream pick of the day against the Angels. And he's a cherry bomb and he hasn't really been good for your ratios. But the strikeouts are so good against the Angels. And it's a decent win chance. And maybe the ratios are okay um, against the Angels. I feel like you should do it in more cases. I think this should be more beneficial than harmful in more cases than not. Sound good? Okay. We have so many questionable start tiers, guys. It's insane. And do whatever you feel. I mean, really, when it comes to questionable start, you guys know this is very much like shrugging on my end. 
There's four, I think, that are more definitive than the others. So you have Hunter Brown against the Orioles as a clear cherry bomb. Clark Schmidt, who has been good, but he gets the Jays. Braxton Garrett, who got through it, I guess, last time. Hasn't really been at his peak, but I can see this working against the Mets. And Javier Assad, who has not had his cutter for two straight starts, but got cores last time, and maybe that affected him a little bit. He gets the Pirates, and that could recover and do well for a team that generally has been winning ballgames. That is the Cubs outside of this weekend, which has been weird. But then after this, you have some weirdness, okay? You've got Alex Cobb with the hip thing and the splitter not working against Arizona. Adrian Hauser, who could just chuck fastballs and make it work against the Cardinals. Tanner Houck, who has a good slider, but not much else against the Rangers. You have Drew Rahm, who just succeeded with his fastball. It's very strange and weird. I don't buy it against the Brewers. You have Kyle Gibson as a prototypical cherry bomb, regardless of opponent, but it is the Astros. But then again, he's done well against good opponents. But do you really want to buy into that? Christopher Sanchez, who just got 10 strikeouts against Atlanta, and has to do it again? <laughs> no, it was all based on the changeup. The slider wasn't actually that good, and they'll be used to that changeup now. Uh, I mean, then again, who knows two starts in a row? That's actually generally sides with the pitcher, so whatever. Nathan Evaldi, who's throwing 93.9 in his last start, not 95, not 96, and he's been on a pitch count a bit, but maybe they're trying to stretch him out. I don't know how quality that is going to be against the Red Sox, and it's at least it's not in Fenway, but still. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, who has not had both his slider and his changeup working in a start for ages, but maybe he has some strikeouts to go for against the Rays. Maybe it's there here. Bailey Falter, who did well last time with four seamers upstairs and pretty much just all secondaries inside of the... Um, I, inside the zone, which was great. And then you have, but I don't really, you know, it's the Cubs and maybe that's not really going to work and not that high of a ceiling. And Joey Lucchese against the Marlins. I don't believe in the chair of last time. He just got, I think it was 17 balls in play on the sinker that worked out. Like that's not going to happen again, but maybe it does for six innings against the Marlins. Uh, do not start here. I could even argue Paul Blackburn and Alec Marsh belong to be questionable starts as Blackburn gets the Mariners, but we've seen have some success before. And Alec Marsh is a decent strikeout play. But he's only going to go like four innings against the Guardians and have an opener. But maybe that benefits him for a chance at a win. It's, it's all like, ah. But we don't start Jose Reina. We don't start Ben Lively. We don't start Connor Siebel. We don't start Jackson Ruxledge, who did so bad in his MLB debut. And we don't start Alex Fayedo against the Dodgers. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for dealing with no podcast yesterday. That's on me. I'm so sorry. Enjoy the list today. Good luck this week and next. And by the way, PL Pro members are going to get a benefit in this offseason by getting articles that will not be on the site. You're like, Nick, never an article paywall. No, no, this is just going to be an early edition of the top 300 starting pitchers. I will be giving you the blurbs uh, that I'm writing for my top 300 on a team-by-team basis as I do them um, on the live streams and I get my work done. And I'll be publishing those only for PL Pro members as a sneak peek for my top 300 that comes out in February um, throughout the offseason. So if you have PL Pro, you'll be able to read what I think about all these players before the top 300, and then the top 300 will be the proper ranking of everybody and public for everyone. So get PL Pro. You get If you do it for a year, you get all the benefits, of course, of all our pre-draft coverage and our live draft assistant and all our PL Pro Sorry, PLV projections and all of that throughout the entire offseason and in-season. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.